Here are the movies that got two votes. And we've touched on some of them already, but I think this is where the Battlegrounds will host tonight's biggest fights. Halloween 1978, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Sleepaway Camp, Friday the 13th Part 2, X, and Us. So one of these movies at least has a pretty good shot of joining Texas Chainsaw Massacre Black Christmas and Black Christmas in the, in the final four, which there's not a lot of support for ousting Black Christmas. Maybe I think one of you two guys was somewhat open to it. Uh, I'm open to it, John. Rich? I was also open to it, but I mean, like, honestly, it was kind of a toss-up between that and, and Psycho, although it's interesting, like, for like. For, for real, like, what a weird, like, like line to sort of draw, because they are like pretty fundamentally different movies. I guess the difference being, like, I, like I'm more willing to to like to let Psycho go because, as you guys said, like, it's the furthest it's the furthest from what I think we really think of when we talk about a slasher film, despite being a a superior film, as we've already sort of established. Whereas, like, I'd say the Black Christmas is, a, is an excellent example of, like, especially, like, a, you know, certainly, like, the, you know, an early, of the earliest, like, slasher films. I don't know. Uh, like, open to it? I, I was. I don't know if I want to give up that and Psycho. Yeah, we, we haven't talked about Black Christmas specifically much at all, actually, because it was such a high seed that we largely skimmed over it in the first round. I'll just say that I, I think that even though it's very early in the cycle, as you mentioned there, Rich, it's really more seminal as slasher movies go to laying down the groundwork that other films would follow. And while it has a lot of dated elements, it also has a lot of stuff that I think, you know, stacks right up moments uh, of horror and terror and nerve janglingness that stack right up with much later films and are, are really more unsettling than the vast majority of early eighties slasher films. So it doesn't have a lack of visceral power at all. And it also, are artistically extremely, in my opinion, effective film. This is not a a movie that, you know, kind of gets by on, as I mentioned before, the anarchic spirit or something. It's actually a really well-crafted quality piece of filmmaking. Of course, it, you know, it has its flaws and whatnot, as, you know, 99% of movies do, especially older films. But I think it's kind of the best of both worlds. It's like if Psycho... It's not quite Psycho, of course, but if Psycho was more relevant to the tournament, more directly a slasher film, and you know, more kind of classically in the slasher tradition, unsettling with lots of kills and gruesomeness, I think it's 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 kind of the total package. So I would not. It would you. You guys are going to have a hard time getting Black Christmas out of this final four. I would just say, if you if you know you both wanted that, I I would I would raise a fuss. 
I mean, we we can continue to talk about what these movies like that the, have the two votes are and like sort of like weigh the, the strengths against each other. But I mean, I, I'm with you. I think like it's I think it's a really well made film. Like I can't get over the stylistic similarities to a Christmas story, which somehow like actually only enhanced the film for me. <laughs> um, like, I think the performances are, are fantastic. Like, you know, I, I think that the, that the, the killer's presence throughout the movie, the, the way that's kind of communicated over, uh, over the phone is like genuinely unsettling. Like, I don't know, that movie has, has a lot of strengths as, as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned. So, also, yeah. John Saxon. John Saxon is in it. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, although he's also in Nightmare on Elm Street, so you could swap <laughs> those two out and you don't lose John Saxon. <laughs> Fair. It does, have a, it does have a great ending, too. Like it's a, it, is, it is on par with Halloween in terms of a really unsettling, stick-with-you uh, ending. Yes. Which lots of movies, which lots of movies in the horror genre in general, and this genre in particular, are not able to stick the landing. So, good point, Vic. One hundred percent. Okay, well, let's uh, let's look at these movies. Does anyone want to make a case against one of them? Like, just you really don't want to see one of these movies in the final four. I will just say that Us is, to me, one of the best films on this list. But as an example of the slasher genre, it's really pushing the, the boundaries of the definition. I, I'm, again, I'm not sure what category I would put it in that, that I would be willing to vote for it. Uh, but it's, it's top four of some category of horror films. I really like that film, John. That's another one I'd be I'd be curious to talk with you about, uh, but I don't think it it merits top four consideration here. Not because of the quality, but just because of the the conditions of the genre, basically. Jesus Christ, Vic! You put it on your top ten. <laughs> it it is it is top ten, dude. What? You can't come out and make a case against one of the top ten movies on your list. <laughs> well, I think, no, 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 no. I, I don't think that. I don't think that's totally fair. It's top ten. Making, it's not top four. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's making a case against it being in the top four. Okay. All right. I just, guys, I put work into this, and now I'm going to make a case against it. And Vic has already said he's not going to put it in the top floor. <laughs> Do you know how much work I've wasted? <laughs> okay. I, I thought you'd be happy, John. <laughs> I would have been happy if you left it off the list. <laughs> it's one of the top ten slashers that was left in the competition, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Over an hour tonight, I spent fighting this fight. All right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it, and you know, let the record show. I guess for posterity, this presentation. This is this is your high tension, John. <laughs> Fair enough. You're right. Yeah. All right. Well, I was gonna say, and you know, I prepared 
this thought, and maybe it's even more doubly true now that Vic has said that. I have half a mind to believe that you guys just troll me sometimes. And that's what you were doing with us. Because I think I made my opinion more than clear about it before. Something I love about Mike is that he legitimately does not give a shit what I think. He said as much on Mike. And anything he says, he truly believes. He doesn't just fuck with me for the fun of it. You guys, though, I think sometimes you enjoy getting me worked up. <laughs> you enjoy it. I see no other explanation for things like the orphanage, Paranormal Activity 3, and us challenging for the top spots in our tournament, let alone Halloween H2O, though I do believe Vic is legitimately passionate about that. So... I don't know. Let's talk about the movie in question. Google Jordan Peele slasher us, and you will get no results that use the word slasher. I wanted Vic and Rich to put movies in this tournament that I hadn't thought of when we were planning it out. They were mostly signing off on my nominees. I flooded them with nominees. And Rich particularly didn't initially put up a ton of nominees at first, and us was one of them. When he did, I liked the overall approach he was taking, which was to kind of challenge the definition of a slasher. Final Destination was scrutinized pretty heavily, and us kind of slipped under the radar, mostly because I didn't think I would have to desperately make a case to keep it out of the final four, the best slasher movies ever made. So where was my head at going into this show tonight? Mind blown. It was like signing off on Donald Trump as a Republican primary candidate because I thought the host of The Apprentice had no real shot of actually becoming the president of the United States. Now, I will acknowledge it's serious hyperbole to equate Jordan Peele's us and Donald Trump. I'm not doing that despite the analogy feeling apt enough to use it. And I'm not even saying us is a bad movie, let alone dangerous to democracy. It's just a analogy for how the candidacy of us in this tournament has gotten out of control in my mind. This is a doppelganger slash evil twin movie more akin to Body Snatchers than Friday the 13th. I'm going to offer up a couple of data points here, but my argument is ultimately personal. I just don't think of us as a slasher film and I don't love it as a movie, period. That's the bottom line. A little just curiosity. This doesn't necessarily make my point, but I think it kind of does. I also Googled Jordan Peele Us Movie Review, and I got a graphic called Audience Rating Summary. Wow, is this a love-hate film. Yeah, the five-star reviews do represent the most votes, but the second highest weighting is one, the bottom of the scale. All of the reviews in the middle, two, three, and four, don't add up to the votes for one, the lowest number. So on average, the movie scores a middling 3.2 out of five. That feels like a pretty unusual way to get to 3.2. All right, I was gonna read two critical opinions to address one of the movie's biggest problems for me, which is that its grand ambitions are unrealized and its messages are muddled. But after Vic dropping that bomb, Maybe I only have to read one, so let's do it. 
Stephanie Zacharak, who reviews movies for Time Magazine and is a Rotten Tomatoes top critic, said this as she tried to puzzle out Jordan Peele's purpose in the film. Are the semi-zombies of us just less fortunate versions of us? Are they actually us and we don't know it? Is their clumsy anger somehow superior to thought and reason? After all, it has unified them while we above-ground humans are more divided than ever. How in the end are we supposed to feel about these shadowy people for so long deprived of basic human rights, including daylight, that they become murderous clones? Sometimes great movies are ambiguous, but ambiguity resulting from unclear thinking makes nothing great. It's one thing for a movie to humble you by leaving you unsure about yourself and your place in the world. It's another for it to leave you wondering what exactly a filmmaker is trying to use his formidable verbal and visual vocabulary to say. And the one I'll skip is the New York Times' Manola Dargis, who wrote a generally uh, appreciative review essentially touched on the same points. In closing, I think that Us is first and foremost a fascinating but undoubtedly flawed movie. But it's not even really a slasher anyway. So if you vote it in, my feeling will always be this. What the hell was Jordan Peele's Us doing in our final four? I mean, in a base level, and I have not revisited the film since since we watched it, last was which was a while back so i'm defending this off the top of my head but i hear you saying but like doppelganger is like like okay like body snatcher like you're you're getting close but even then like i'd argue that body snatcher belongs to a a larger subgenre so it's like i wouldn't necessarily call this a a body snatcher film i mean it's definitely blurring the lines in terms of several genres and i agree that it is definitely not something that fits squarely in the slasher bucket but at the same time it's a movie that is about stalking it is about identity being marred both in terms of like the the doppelganger being you know kind of like confusing the identity of the of the killer downright straight down to like masks and costume and wielding weapons like there's a high you know like there's carnage in this movie I mean, there is so much about it that it does have in similar, um, that it does have in common with the with the slasher genre, or at least in the what you think of as the behavior patterns um, and signatures of a slasher. Even if the focus is kind of mired in this sort of like Twilight Zone-ish, you know, admittedly, like somewhat uh like muddled plot like i'm not going to argue with you about like what does it all mean is certainly a, a question that i'm still you know kind of working out was even working out last time i saw it but i mean like you yeah you're right like it is clearly has flaws but like what movie on this list doesn't have flaws i just feel like it is not as far from the slasher genre as you make it out to be if you don't like the movie I can totally appreciate that. And I can even understand where you're coming from. I actually didn't care for the movie that much the, the, the first time I saw it. It was actually upon revisiting this film that I found it to be really layered and, and intriguing. And the fact that it had, you know, as we discussed with something like X, where it's like what really kind of captivated me is that I had a character story that I could follow that was about the killer and not just the 
you know, the, the final girl running away. Like, I feel like it had a more complex tale to weave. And, like, you know, I'm with you. It's definitely not Friday the 13th in terms of, like, the bluntness of, of what the what the slasher's doing. But, I don't know. To me, like, the pieces are are there. I agree with most of the last several things you said, but I did not see stalking. Um, I did not see carnage, really, in the sense that, like, only that white family, like, the two daughters and then the parents get killed in the movie. That's it. One one scene. One scene. One scene. Black Christmas. (laughs) Uh, Maybe... Maybe, but they, the Black Christmas makes so much a, more of a meal of of each person versus one sequence essentially in the middle of the movie. As that's your slasher, that's your carnage content for this film, um, and 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 it's also largely comedic as well. That sequence it's got a higher body count than the Strangers. That is true. It is the comp that to me, if we include the Strangers. I think it's okay to include us. Well, we're not. Nobody's made a case for the strangers. I mean, I know it's well, your no, movie, but well, I'm saying, but I put it in my top ten. You didn't spend an hour prepping your rebuttal to the strangers. That's because the strangers had one vote. <laughs> I didn't worry about the strangers making it to the top four, and I would rather put the strangers in the top four than us. Look. I, I, I think that, you know, Rich made, made some good points that, that basically support the, the part of my argument that is weakest, which is I'm not saying this is a shit movie. It's not. It's a good movie. But the combination of it, in my opinion, not being great and not being what I define as the spirit of a slasher movie really operating in that genre I, I don't even know, like, I didn't do enough research to even, like, read Jordan Peele interviews, which I probably, if you know, if I really prepared, that's what I would have done. I don't think he saw this as his entry into slasher films. I did read his major influences were things like The Shining, big time, and, like, there were two or three other movies, including... Uh, a home invasion movie, but nobody said to my knowledge that Jordan Peele was like, this is my Friday the 13th. This is my Halloween. This is, you know, this is operating in that world. And again, Rich, I understand where you're coming from because you're trying to like cast a wider net for, for slasher movies. But and I don't know, like maybe this movie would fit into the Body Snatchers tournament or something. I don't, I don't know exactly where it would fit in, but I don't. When you put those two things together, I know it doesn't belong in the final four of a slasher movie tournament. I don't, I don't think anybody's making that case, John. So, yeah, I'm spinning my <laughs> fucking wheels. <laughs> putting it on my on my list like yeah and you're like this thing doesn't have stocking like it has an equal amount of stocking that like hot tension does you know like it's still like you still basically just have people being stalked across a landscape from location to location. there's no fucking stalking my definition of stalking is 
POV shots. It's not knowing where the killer is. Like maybe that first scene when they're in the house and these people show up outside, like, and they're standing in the driveway. I will give you that. But beyond that, it doesn't feel like a slasher movie at all. That felt like the strangers for better or for worse. But I don't know. Well, well, I will say, I will say this, John, I am not deliberately trolling you. Thank you. I, you know, I would say, like, if anything, I am, like, doubling down on my, like, my willingness to want to, like, sort of, like, be inclusive of the things, like, inspired me, but also didn't feel like they were the first movies that came to mind when I thought slasher, but, like, ultimately, like, kind of fit into that that box for me. And I, um, I appreciate that very much, actually. I do. I mean, that, that was the great thing about it. And, you know, in a perfect world, I think we would have talked about this movie more. And I, you know, even though I, I bitched about it when we, when we, when it advanced in the first round, like, I think it, it's refreshing as a part of this tournament, but because we've rushed all the way to the, the final four, that's what kind of got my back up because it, you know, I just, I don't think it has any business in that conversation, but there's so many cool things about it. The last thing I'll say is that the very usage of, I got five on it makes me happy. I saw that movie and there's a ton more good things in, in the movie that I like a lot. I just feel like, you know, as, you know, as as someone that is seeing other movies being the priority here that I just, it's my, you know, responsibility to rally the defense against the movie. And I like Jordan Peele and I'm looking forward to Nope, which is about to come out. John, I I just want you to know that at at some point I began just trolling you about Halloween H2O. I knew that. I knew that, Vic, but thank you for coming clean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but my passion for us is 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 absolutely legitimate. I I watched it on. I think Rich. I think the second viewing that you're talking about was at my birthday party, where I was like, I want it's my birthday. This is what I want to do. I want to watch us for the second time. So it, that is that is a yeah. So that that is a a, a genuinely held belief that the Supreme Court should recognize. Uh, and not force me to debate with you anymore. Fair enough. All right, let's move into the final arguments phase of the podcast. I think we've agreed that Psycho is out. I think it would be a good movie to do a loving autopsy on. Um, We're kind of now to the phase where we might have to decide between a Friday movie and the original Halloween. That that's probably a conversation we should have in my heart of hearts. I'm always going to choose Jason over Michael, especially given the situation that we covered, um, the John Carpenter, 78 classic classic four years ago. So what, what else is in? So let's just say for the sake of argument, putting Halloween aside, as we have continued to do mm -hmm. that, we are putting psycho out. And putting in Friday Part Two. Okay. Right? So we've got we've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Black Christmas, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. What are the what are the contenders for the fourth slot? We've got Halloween. What else would 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 you guys make an argument for 
that should be in the fourth slot for a, a loving autopsy. Yes. Okay. So maybe it would help to look at movies with three votes or two votes actually. So we have a nightmare on Elm street. We have Texas chainsaw massacre two and potentially as dark horses X and sleepaway camp. Those are the ones that I think we're fairly serious about. John, you, you skipped over us. Us has, has two votes. No, you retracted your vote. <laughs> Much to my right. delight slash chagrin. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm trolling you again. Yes, yes. go ahead. Yes. All right, so wait, so sleepaway camp? Nah. I mean, let's kind of take them one by one. Does anyone really... Yeah. Right. Does does anyone really think Sleepaway Sleepaway Camp should be in the final four? No. Okay. Let's toss that out. Let's talk about X briefly then. I think you guys both made good cases for it and you know, I I I talked about my feelings and I'm, you know, somewhat open to it, but do either of you really think it should be in our final four? Let me make this case for it. If we, the remaining options that we're sort of kicking around are Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. If we go with any of those, we've got three peak franchise entries and one old school. So is there is there something to be said for diversifying the final four outside of our, our peak franchise group? I think the John, John, we did do a deep dive on Friday the 13th part two as well. Not so long ago. Well, that was, I mean, it's all relative, but I think that was more like, you know, seven or eight years ago. Um, But yeah, we did look, let's remove the question of would we like to do a autopsy of this film from the the conversation in the sense that we can do whatever we want. And if we decide that it would be fun to do blood rage and X and sleepaway camp, the way we, we, we talked about doing Amityville horror, which I would still be up for. Like, I think there's a, a separate category um, outside of the tournament structure for, you know, just doubling back to movies that would just be a fucking blast to take apart. So I don't want that to be as much of a factor as whether we should avoid doing it because we've already done it, if that makes sense. But as to, as to like, whether we should balance out, like, new and old, I don't really think so because I think in our Haunted House season, I think we really organically and legitimately hit on four movies that were just the most fucking powerful and impressive. And some of them were new and some of them were old, but I I don't, I don't think we owe any of these divisions, you know, certain fealty and, you know, if peak franchise, which we all expected to dominate 
dominates. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to be contrarian just because. I can't, so, I can't argue with that. But that was, again, that would, that would, I mean, the, I think the problem is all the other movies we're talking about, I've seen between four and 12 times. And X is the, the one on this list that I've seen exactly once. And so I, it's hard for me to make a, a passionate case for it uh, at that, well, with that level of familiarity. Vic, Vic, did you, I mean, look, yeah, you guys mentioned uh, Rich did, and it's happened to me too, like with us in his case, didn't love it the first time, ended up loving it the second time. That that happens. Like there are movies I didn't love the Big Lebowski the first time I saw it. That's totally you know in the realm of possibility. But I'm asking you, did you walk out of X thinking, holy shit, like this this could this really could and maybe should go all the way, or are you just kind of like trying to throw a bone to the new Ty West movie, which was cool. Well, no, John, I, I was in bed, so I, I didn't really walk out of bed. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. No, we can, we can put X aside. I'm fine with that. Like I said, I, I was just, I was really re- thinking about the fact that it, like, had we gone through the process as we had originally laid it out, we only would have had one peak franchise film. And so I'm just, again, I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not, you're right. I'm not criticizing this process. But it was it, that was my thought was looking at it and going, oh, shit, like that was, you know, we we still wound up essentially with uh, at least two and maybe three uh, peak franchise films. One of you guys make the case. One of, one of you two uh, uh, make your case for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 to me. Well, I mean, like on one hand, Vic, like to to just to like kind of continue the argument that you're already on is I'd say that like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 while it is part of like the peak franchise is like also sort of like a meta film or a dark horse candidate on its own yeah um like I think it's definitely like it's interesting like putting TCM 2 and TCM 1 next to each other it's definitely not an apples to apples comparison you know whereas like if you took like two friday films well may, maybe i guess like i guess maybe that's a bad example because we were talking about earlier if you took two halloween films you're definitely like talking about like kind of like an apples to apples comparison in terms of it being like essentially the same movie remade in like a different like structure and, and plot line well it depends uh, on the era of course you know jason x or something or the body swapping jason you know jason goes to hell that's, would, what, that's, right. that's what i was saying like even what we were saying earlier it's like it's like part two and part six or so are sort of like fundamentally different films so i'm i was stepping on my own like friday argument <laughs> um but no the first like three or four absolutely i'm with you on that yeah but this is just like yeah such a massively different film to be like a direct sequel from from the first one but anyways okay that aside like other than like kind of like covering the board in terms of like stylistic approaches to to filmmaking i mean like sure what you were saying dick i mean like the energy like of tcm is like the thing that i really like i almost remember more than that than the specific plot itself like the just this, this sort of like manic characterization of this thing like it's a certain level of like gonzo filmmaking in terms of this genre that I don't think you see represented much of 
anywhere else. Certainly not in this like upper tier category. Like it's not making fun of the genre, um, but it's definitely not like a straight down the middle, like kind of like serious horror film either. And you know, it it appears to be taking like swipes at like social commentary the way that the same way they talk about like TCM, like supposedly has all this sort of like subtext about the you know sort of like the working class and and like the the American dream and things of that nature. Like it feels to me like a film that has a lot to uh, uh, has a lot to unpack. There's certainly like what's going on uh, mentally and or emotionally with like Leatherface throughout throughout TCM. Like there's just like on every level, I feel like like scene by scene, I can I just feel like I can go through that movie and hit pause and talk about what's going on with this character in this scene and having it feel wholly unique to to the thing that just like preceded it. It's like it's I don't know. It's like a very for a movie so chaotic seems incredibly thoughtful um, and purposeful in how bizarre it is. And that's just like a movie that I really want to get in and sort of explore and back. So we've got it down to three movies for this last spot. The original Halloween, a nightmare on Elm street and Texas chainsaw massacre two. And rich just made a, a great case for TCM two. I do want to say that's the one of these three movies that we haven't already covered on this podcast, you know, some combination of hosts and relatively recently, uh, certainly with Halloween, but we can do Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, no matter what happens here. I just want to throw that out there again as well. But between these three movies, we're, we're weighing those considerations and I think it's, it's fair to say at this, at this stage, uh, which of the three truly deserves the context that we would give it in this loving autopsy that it could be number one among slasher films. It, it is in consider, serious consideration, not just a token, but it could be the greatest slasher movie of all time. And unfortunately, by that criteria, I have to personally eliminate Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Like, if we just have to figure this out and make choices, I don't think it's going to knock off the original or... Yeah, I mean, just, I guess, leave it there. Like, that was the way we set up the tournament in the first place, and the idea was we would not have two films from the same franchise go up against each other in the final because we would have already determined what is the best of that franchise. And I don't think any of the three of us would say, I mean, Rich, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it's better than the original Texas Chainsaw. So for that reason alone, like pushed comes to shove. We've been talking about this a long time. I say we eliminate it with the caveat that I would love to do the deep dive. I'll just say it's a crazy statement to say that it's not better than the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's just like they're just like they're operating in different mediums, you know, like. Okay, but Rich, if you had to vote between like those are the final two, would you really debate it or would you just vote for the first one? 
I mean, I just vote for the first one, but I'd probably say the same thing about the other two movies that are on our list. Okay, but <laughs> like, <laughs> again, I hear, I hear you say it's fine. Yeah. I hear you say. I'm just like. I mean, like, wh- wh- there's some possibility, Rich. Okay, like, let's let's also reframe this. Let's also reframe this conversation. There is some possibility as we crawl up the dead butthole of each of these movies <laughs> and take them apart, organ by organ, that one of the four that we choose will be like surprisingly feel more like the quintessence of slasher movies. And we will, you know, have a different opinion after the autopsies than we do now. If you think seriously that there is a chance that you will walk out of this saying Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is the greatest slasher movie of all time, then I take that very seriously and I will keep it in the conversation. Uh, I mean, okay, fine, probably not. Okay, well, dude, I gave you a chance. I was open to it. All right, so let's let's put that one aside. So now it's between A Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween. Now, I will just say, I haven't talked about A Nightmare on Elm Street tonight. It was not on my list at all. So by that, like, top ten list. So by that criteria alone, I am voting for Halloween. However... I'm open to an argument. The argument that I would make for Nightmare on Elm Street, as I mentioned, number one, it's the it would be the only film that introduces any kind of supernatural element into it. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, I would argue somewhat thoughtlessly, because I, I haven't put a ton of thought into this, but that of the films in consideration the scene with Tina in the body bag is probably the scariest single moment in any of the films. I agree with you. It is. It is. Now, look, so this is me making an argument. I'm going to tell you that Halloween for me is the challenger for number one. I went into this process thinking that Halloween was probably my favorite slasher. I won't say it was the greatest slasher, but it's probably my favorite. Now, as with the Haunted House thing, those opinions change and shift and move, and especially when we do the autopsies, that's when I feel like votes shift the most. But of the the, the real contenders for the best slasher film of all time, I don't know that you can have that conversation without having Halloween in there. Okay. I feel comfortable with a final four of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Black Christmas... Friday the 13th part two and Halloween. I mean, it's chalk, right? It's probably what a lot of people, the betting odds would have been on these four films, you know, to start with, but I feel like it's a very representative field and I'm not like, there is some chance that I will vote for any of those films at the end. Like, I, honestly, I think there is a chance all four of those films could, I could fall in love with them to the degree, you know, that they stand out upon that rigorous analysis. They're all great examples of different aspects of this genre. So, I am comfortable with that. Rich, how do you feel 
do you would you put either a nightmare on elm street again i'm giving you one more shot or tcm2 over halloween or are you good with that as well i'll make this brief it's like as as a life as is doing this competition knowing what we're trying to do ultimately and like what our sort of promises here like no i am not opposed to that that listed at all it makes perfect sense like, i love halloween i've always loved halloween it is very difficult as a lifelong horror fan and one who has like watched halloween as many times as as we all have you know and spent time sort of exploring it it is difficult to like go back and like let's like dig up like this corpse again mm-hmm. and talk about it yeah. but you know but that's sort of a that is sort of a separate argument. And like I said, like when I kind of crafted my list, I crafted on what I had a emotional response to. And as Vic alluded to earlier, part of that emotional response to these films can sometimes be like fatigue. But like that still doesn't rob the movie of its original power. And I'd say that I have throughout my life had a greater appreciation for the charms of Halloween than Nightmare on Elm Street. As much as I really like Nightmare on Elm Street, and actually I really enjoyed revisiting it this time. And for that reason, like I would I would probably like if you just asked me to vote based on emotion, would actually pick Nightmare on Elm Street at this particular time. But what do I think like captures the spirit of the genre better? I'd say it's Halloween. Well, you got me thinking a little bit there. I, I mean, I think we're about to put the rubber stamp down, but let's like let's just take one last uh, measure twice, cut once here. Is there any chance that Freddie belongs here over Michael Myers? I mean, if you're asking me, I'm I am asking you. <laughs> I'd say that to me, like Michael Myers has always met the standards of what you think of as a slasher. I mean, like mm-hmm. him and him and Jason have a lot of like similarities just in terms of their galutness, right? Um, and that to me, like, is the for boiling down the essence of what we feel like a, a slasher is. Like Michael embodies that more so than 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 Freddy, because like. As Vic has talked about with like Freddy kind of being the only like supernatural figure, it's like there are arguments that you could make that like I know that no one's making these arguments, but like there are arguments that you could make that like Freddy actually like technically like maybe fits in like kind of another realm or is sort of outside of this just because of his sort mm-hmm. of origin or the the realm in which he, he operates. Like if you're really gonna get down to brass tacks. But you know, like slashing is still what Freddy does and so like he fits firmly in this in this genre but the baseness of someone like like michael myers i think really cuts to the heart of what we think of when we're talking about slashers and so to me that that's i'd say he's he's undeniably more i don't know if iconographic is a word but like he is for 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 me than freddie okay good good i think i take that seriously vic do you have any thoughts on this question what would be your answer be this is one of those things that probably shouldn't be relevant, but is. I really, especially having revisited the third one, Freddy to me is part one and part seven, and there's just a there's just a pile of horseshit in between. And so when you ask me like 
would you pick Freddy over Michael Myers? Like, no, never, not in a million years. Now, the first film is exceptionally good, but the 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 ship that it launched is is leaky and un, unpleasant. Uh, how, <laughs> Halloween. Really is, appreciate the description here. Thank you. Uh, I love a good how, boat how, metaphor. Yeah. I love a boat metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween is more of a catamaran. Again, it's really hard to say in terms of the franchises, like which is more meaningful. In terms of the films, I would give the edge. I still give the edge to Halloween. I do. And I love it. I, I'm with you guys. I love A Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's... A, I think it's probably one of the the scariest films in the in the list but its flaws are more glaring i think the effects work i think the ending is is weak and halloween doesn't have those weaknesses wow i let you guys do my dirty work on that one and and i appreciate it but it's also nice that we're very much on the same page um i i think nightmare on elm street is a, a fucking classic there's no doubt but it it's reach exceeds its grasp. I mean, the time, the budget, et cetera, its ambitions with effects. And it, it feels a little bit dated and cheesy for me. And I kind of can't get past that. But Halloween is, it's just, it knows exactly what it's doing. And it, it absolutely achieves its effects because it's so, simple and stripped down and can utterly convincing. And I, I would go that route every time. And I do think that if one of these guys is going to be left out in the cold, the Jason, Michael, Freddie triumvirate, it is Freddie. And, uh, you know, I mean, maybe subconsciously there's a reason that none of us have been like, even though some of our listeners said we should, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Let's do the deep dive. And, and, and you alluded to, Vic, the quality of the films uh, discouraging us. And it's not like there aren't some stinkers in the Halloween and Friday franchise to a degree. To a degree. I think we ended up finding a lot to love about those movies. But um, none of us are eager to watch Dream Master or Freddy's Dead anytime soon. So, okay. I think we reached the right conclusion there and that means the final four are halloween 1978 the texas chainsaw massacre black christmas is that four <laughs> what yeah. am i what am i missing oh and friday the 13th part two okay yeah, okay that's good podcasting all right well gentlemen we landed um at the moment of truth and i think I, I I'm happy with the process and the outcome. Any any final thoughts, uh, Rich? You first. Well, I wasn't ready for final thoughts. Uh, okay, <laughs> um, Vic. <laughs> no, just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, like, look. I mean, if anything, like, I don't know. If this is this is necessarily the time to, to to break it down. But like, we talked about this when we were doing haunted houses, where it's like there was a sweet spot in terms of the time period that it came out. The, 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 the peak movies that we were all voting for like came out 
And like, I think we have something similar here that I, without mapping out all the release dates, I think we're talking about movies that were all released probably within a decade. I would guess less than a decade um, from each other. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly like what that, what that says about it, except for the fact that like, obviously this, there's something about this genre that was really sort of like the, the, the lightning was, was captured in the, in the bottle in a very like certain time period. And from there on out, like people just have sort of been like, you know, trying to, trying to sort of like improve upon that mold without actually like making it any better. So like, you know, I, I guess like there's part of me that like wishes that we could have broken out of that and, and gotten away from that sort of like, just like that late seventies definition of the slasher. But there's also something to be said for the ultimate gravitational pull of the movies that are from this time period in the way that obviously they were capturing something that was in the air that really does like captivate the imagination just sort of like grabs a hold of you and like is the thing that makes you excited about the the subgenre to to begin with so i don't know i guess that's just sort of like a, an interesting observation about like ultimately like the four that we ended up with i'm not disappointed with this list by by uh by any means and like i'm looking forward to going back into that that pocket because it's a it was a great period for this film. Let's this put a let's put a pin in that map because I, I think you you do raise a really interesting point. I mean, it's pretty fascinating that three of our four films are from the 1970s, and the latest one is 1981 or two or whenever Friday Part Two came out. And what does it say? about the 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 slasher genre that there is no definitive classic in our minds like we've gone through all this process uh after after that period like this doesn't seem like brain surgery right like why could no one elevate the form and take it to the next level and and make something that is everything those films were and more the way that happens routinely across genres of cinema, I think it's certainly something that I think we should revisit, if nothing else, in our season wrap-up awards show um, or along the way in the um, autopsies. But let's let's revisit that, because I, I think that's, that's kind of weird, and we should analyze exactly what's going on there and why. Vic? To me, that just suggests that the entire meta category was a waste of her fucking time. Yeah. Because. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Reaction to what ultimately winded up being our final four. Yeah, I mean, look, we we were open to it, and I think we we went, you know, we had open minds, and I I don't think any of us was like super purist here who was just i mean rich was like on 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 the the radical uh fringe to a degree as far as what he was open to um I, you know i guess in some ways I, i'm conservative as like i wasn't necessarily looking for for films that came out of left field in that way and you know vic is vic god bless him but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, when we did t- Haunted House movies, Oculus, 
you know, terrified. There, there were movies that, you know, across the whole decades of haunted house movies that go back to the early uh, 20th century. It, it seemed pretty clear that these movies were head and shoulders above. And certainly, you know, with, there have been, I talked about this at the very beginning of this season, there have been more slasher movies made than any other subgenre of horror. Zombies are, you know, up there, but I think slashers just blow it away as in terms of pure volume. And, and yet, like, we, we basically put the cutoff at 82 or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, that's as good as it got. It's weird. It's weird. It is. But that's, uh, look, that's part of what this process is about, right? Like we arrived at a conclusion. This is, these are where the great, the great slasher films were made. And there's been tweaks and things, some things, you know, that they've done better and some things that they've done worse and budgets went up and production values went up and we even had a few movie stars in them. But by and large, what worked in them for whatever reason, we will, we will get to the bottom of it. But it was working when people were first thinking of it. It was when it was freshest in the minds of filmmakers and audiences. And so that's exciting. It's exciting to go back and look at these. Even even Halloween, God bless it. I, I don't know what else we're going to say about Halloween. <laughs> or frankly, or, or even frankly, I mean, Friday, Friday Part 2. But whatever it is, you know, it's, it's worth looking at through this lens. I have one word for you. Gummies. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say with you fucking drunk losers, but yeah, gummies, we could do that too. I think this process has kind of been a repudiation as you were alluding to earlier of meta as, as a concept, at least in regards to these films, that there's something maybe facile and easy and glib about meta as it relates to these things and and, you know all right i'll give you one bit of credit credit vic about uh new nightmare it doesn't fit those categories conceptually it's actually a pretty cool idea that is legitimately meta to just make the movie about the actors who are doing the film right that that is a legitimately meta concept but generally speaking People attempting to advance this genre have tended towards jokey, absurdist, uh, almost essentially mocking approaches. And, you know, that's not always true, but things like Freaky and um, Happy Death Day to a degree, but just a ton of them really are. Anything that's like a send-up or a lampoon or whatever, they don't tend to fully work because there's nothing truly inspired about it. And, and slasher movies just aren't a genre, I guess even like um, romantic comedies, which truly beg to be deconstructed that way. So I, I, I think that it's possible that, if someone was going to really try to take slasher movies to the next level, it would have to be something. And this is where high, high tension, hot tension um, worked for me that delivers the experience of a Friday the 13th part two with the same power that those did event originally, but that also feel 
as convincing and relevant as we need them to be right now. And those movies are, I guess, in short supply. That's true, but I, you would have to agree that High Tension is very much an homage to 70s exploitation horror films. Like, I read that over and over again when I was reading about the film. Yes. Which is, suggest, which is not to suggest that it's meta in any way, but only that we're we're talking about the 19, you know, again, mid to late 70s through early 80s as what seems to be the high point of this. And the one film we can point to that, you know, that, that seems to, to get at that, uh, in your opinion, really is referencing that that time period and that filmmaking style. Through a Euro- through a European lens, which which gives it some uh, air of originality. I'm not going to take on those points directly in the interest of time, but I will say that Rich and I both touched on the fact that it delivers a ride that I think I won't speak for him here, but I think is relatively analogous to the experiences of those movies for people in the theater at that time. And I would just challenge you to, to give us a lot of experiences that are on that par because I don't think they exist. And that's why that movie still stands out to me. And even though it has those, you know, screenwriting and narrative flaws, you know, if I was going to movies that, that took me, on a ride and transported me into a place of, of tension the way that that movie, no pun intended did um, every, every week, of course that movie would recede in my memory because of its other problems. It just hasn't happened. And that was what, 20 years ago. So that's, that's where I'll leave that one. Okay. Uh, Rich, do you want to weigh in before we, we say farewell? No, I think that, 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 that kind of was my, my, last wrap up on on this okie doke uh vic how about you nope i'm pretty good man okay thanks for listening everyone uh if you're sad we downscaled this season just know that if we had more listeners we wouldn't have done it so if you're thinking about mentioning us online or out there in the real world but haven't yet done so this is your chance as the podcast continues to grow you will get more of us in the future that's a promise. So write that review, post in that group, put the message out, tell your horror buddy to subscribe to our feed. If you want to help but don't know how, reach out to me on Twitter at John F underscore Evans. Tell me how you listen to the show. We'll go from there. Until next time, remember to decline that camp counselor job, skip the budget motel on a rainy night, and leave the sorority house well before Christmas. There just might be a bad man waiting for you. If you don't, adios. Adios.